0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. This is it, man. This is—the season went kind of fast, but I I would have to say Week 13, the, the narrative is the playoffs start today, right?
1: Yeah, this is the playoffs. Uh, Brian Dable said it, you know, the season starts now. Well, to me, the playoffs start now. You know, you can— Officially calling the playoffs, you know, in the middle of January, but right now we have to win these games and the having to win starts this week. This is a game that, you know, if you consider yourself a playoff team, if you think you're good enough to be in the playoffs, you have to beat a team like Washington, where everybody all of a sudden is getting a little, a little excited about Washington. You know, we'll take a look at their schedule, who they've beaten recently and what they really are. Uh, try to put it in perspective, but yeah, this is it. This is uh, this is basically the playoffs. So welcome to playoff football, Grimp.
0: My favorite kind of thing, the Giants. I, I guess one of my favorite Giants memories is the all-in portion of the 2011 season. Uh, and this kind of this sort of reminds me of it, but it, it's we're a little further out than there. The all-in well, would... – if I remember right, the 2011 all-in moment was like right around like week 15 or 16. So it was like the last couple games, and then it became a win-and-in situation week 17.
1: Oh, I was thinking about Jim Fossil in, uh, in 2000 when he said, uh, you know, I'm pushing all the chips to the front of the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we had a horrible loss against Detroit of all teams. Uh, at home and uh he's like i'm putting my chips in we're, 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 we're making the playoffs and uh they started by beating the shit out of arizona i remember that week that was like the first back when they were still a division team and that was the beginning of the you know the uh you know which all became a super bowl run yeah. so that it feels a little bit like that
0: yeah kind of um I don't want to kid ourselves here. Uh, we've been pretty realistic about what the Giants are and what they are not. Uh, but but when we're talking playoffs, we're strictly talking wins and losses, right? Right. So right. And th- just because we're saying this doesn't mean we're comparing this team to those teams.
1: No, 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 no. That team was a one seed. Remember, they had, they <laughs> yeah. were good and they just they they lost a bad game and it was just like what they lost at home to Detroit and you know and it was just like there was a stink in the air and he's just like, all right, enough of this. We're 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 going all the way. So and it was right around this time of the year if I remember it was like uh early December it was like I, I want to say that the Arizona game was uh Thanksgiving weekend because I, if I remember I was down in Florida watching it so um it had to be Thanksgiving weekend
0: wow how about that in 2011 they uh this is later on because this was the uh the family Christmas party they dropped that game against Washington and that was just right. like a comedy of errors where it was like Hakeem Nix dropped a wide open touchdown where he was like 60 yards downfield with nobody near him or just everything was just going wrong. And I remember watching that one yeah. with you. Uh, and <laughs> it's always funny how the, the memory of the party. Ends. Yeah. I mean, we
1: we definitely laid some nice turds at uh, family Christmas parties in the past. That's for sure.
0: We don't speak of 2010 here.
1: Also, um, we are not having a family christmas party this year so uh maybe that's a good sign for yeah, us yeah
0: maybe the juju <laughs> the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> although there may be um is it that's we're having a informal uh no, that's the week, it's the week before it's the week before but i there's no saturday game right
0: there is a saturday game but it's the week after we do the thing Gotcha. okay so we'll Ooh. be good we'll be okay Ooh. nice um <clears throat> so let's just talk about before we get into washington and uh, you know, their situation, this is why this is important for the Giants. The stretch is Washington, Philadelphia, Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Philly. Now, I know this—I'm just going to throw this as a caveat so we don't have to keep saying it. It's an understood thing. Nothing is for sure in the NFL, and nothing is for sure with this team. So when I say sure. winnable game, I mean more winnable. I don't mean you can pencil it. Well, pen.
1: winnable—there's winnable, no certainty in that statement. It's, it's, it's not a— no, a, well, yeah, but win. I mean
0: everything is yeah. winnable. I mean they right, could right. beat Philadelphia. Realistically, but yes. Yeah. When I say winnable, I mean the more winnable games. And right. of that, really, it's Washington and Indianapolis, man. That's it. Um when you... I'll, I'll
1: throw i throw a third one and we mentioned it last week. That last game of the season, if Philly is already clinched the one seed and they have nothing to play for, it could be more winnable as well.
0: I wonder though, if would they potentially not rest their starters based on what the implications are of us winning in terms of the playoff picture not necessarily because of us because of another team that would slip in
1: uh, just in your opinion I mean I, my opinion is no I think you worry about yourself and I think if you're the one seed you're gonna have that week off anyway so i I, I don't think so I, I don't think I don't think you play that kind of 4d chess that far thinking I think you'd rather Get your guys the week of rest If they need to I mean maybe some starters Play a little bit But that's it But Hurts probably wouldn't play Things like that So
0: Yeah um, So The reason why that almost Doesn't matter though That conversation uh, mm-hmm. Is because the commanders have The Giants A bye week The Giants again The Niners The Browns And then the Cowboys There's a really good chance The Cowboys might sit Their starters As well um, That's I, true. I don't know about really good chance, but there is at least a chance. They are eight and three now, and the Cowboys have like the shit of the AFC left of their schedule. <laughs> they have the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars in their next three games. I mean, that is that could very easily be an eleven three team in three weeks. Sure, sure, um, absolutely. And then they just end with the Eagles, Titans, and Commanders. So, right. you know, it is weird. I will say. I feel like the NFL's move to put the division games at the end of the year it doesn't eliminate the resting the starters thing, but it can complicate it. I mean, if, if things don't fall the Cowboys way in the next couple of weeks, that can be a really great game. <laughs> that where they can't set their starters, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Um a little less likely this year, but you can see the scenario. I mean the AFC East and the NFC East are two of the tightest divisions in football. So, or they might be yeah. the two tightest, right? Well,
1: the NFC South also, I guess.
0: Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 putrid, but I mean, it's tight. Yeah. Just that was the NFC East two years ago. Right. Um, So when I look at this, there's other problems here, too. The Giants can't tie with Washington at the end of the year without beating them head-to-head twice, which even then, that's unlikely. If they beat them head-to-head twice, it's unlikely they'll tie. But... The reason why is because they'll likely tie division wins at two and four and tie conference wins at five and seven, which means they have to win that head-to-head matchup. Yeah. They have to. I, I don't even want to split it. Uh, They they really should get that head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, they're just too close to allow it. I mean, Washington likely, if you forget the Giants games and just look at the remaining games, right? 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. They're... They could win two or three, like I said, with the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: if, I, if I'm going to be fair about talking about the Eagle game, we need to be fair about the Dallas game. Exactly, sure. yeah.
0: Um, you look at the Giants, and they might win two of four after the Commanders games, which is Indianapolis and Philly. Yeah. That that week's uh, 18 Philly game. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. I mean, that Minnesota game is going to be tough. The Philadelphia game in between the Washington games is going to be hard. These two Washington games the, – the stretch is important. These two Washington games are
1: huge. Yeah.
0: And then if you take a look outside the division, we have the Seahawks, Falcons, and Lions on the outside looking in, in my opinion. The Packers are, at this point, I think a – They have too hard of a,
1: a road to climb, I think.
0: I agree. Um, the Lions scare the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. They are – up against the Jags, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. Now it's not super easy. The Jets are certainly red hot. The Vikings are obviously nine and two, but the Packers are in the dredges right now, four and eight, and they're playing them the last game of the season. The pa- the Panthers are terrible. The Bears are without Justin Fields I- for how much longer?
1: That's bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean
0: that, that they're terrible.
1: There are no great shakes with him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then the Jaguars are the Jaguars. They're four and seven. They're kind of middling. They're done. And the yeah. Lions are are really on a roll right now. That's four winnable games mm-hmm. with the Jags, Panthers, Bears, and Packers, which will put them at eight wins. That means so, that the Giants have to win more than one game. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, if we're, we're worrying about first just getting in the playoffs, but the thing is you probably want to because who would we let's, – let's play this out. If they are the uh, sixth seed as opposed to being this um, – who, who would be playing who, I guess, in the different uh, wild cards against what division teams as of right now?
0: As of right now, the Eagles get a bye. right? They're right. the only ones with a bye. so it goes highest and lowest, right? So right. So two and seven, uh, three and six, and four and five. So it'd be Vikings, Commanders. As of right now, mm-hmm. Vikings, Commanders, Niners, Giants, Bucks, Cowboys. Well, it was quite a difference between playing uh, the Bucks and the Niners. Yeah, the
1: Bucks and the Niners. so, it's not just getting in; it's you want to you you want to get that uh, that little, you know, that higher seed for sure. In California, too. Exactly. A, a team that, again, I said last week, really scares me, San Francisco, against, you know, you play the Bucks, and, you know, that stadium might be a third Giant fans, too.
0: That's true, too. And also the Bucks I just don't really like this year. Neither do you.
1: No, there's anybody. I don't yeah. think Buck fans. I think Buck fans hate him more than anybody else does right now.
0: But I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not really looking ahead to who I want to or don't want to face in the playoffs right now. I just want to get there.
1: Well, that's the same. I mean, this isn't a, well, Let's lose on purpose to be a little. No, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just saying the
0: Niners scare me zero because I don't foresee a situation where we're competing with them for a playoff spot in any way. Like they're, I don't really see them being an issue for us in the hunt for the playoffs.
1: Well, we'd play them if if, if we're the higher seed,
0: or in uh, the playoffs.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, right, right, right,
0: right. Um, So for me, my biggest worry is Detroit. I mean, Seattle a little bit. Falcons not so much uh, but but Detroit scares me I mean we could legitimately that loss to Detroit which by the way was maybe the worst game of the year for the Giants Um, yeah that one if that's the undoing of this season I f- would feel justified in being pissed off
1: <laughs> I well guess. if Detroit you know rips off a bunch of wins and they're a legitimate playoff team I wouldn't feel as bad
0: I guess yeah I, I don't know
1: yeah, yeah. Everything I mean, about
0: that game felt flat to me, too, so I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. We felt we kind of it flat, flat, but we also saw, you know, we when we were previewing, we were like, this is good offense. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, and again, if they rip off a bunch of wins and they earn their way into the playoffs, I'm not going to feel as bad.
0: I want your opinion. Did the Eagles lose again this year in the regular season? They have the Titans next, then the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. So the only other loss I can see would maybe be the Cowboys and then that last game that they'd essentially forfeit.
1: Where's the Titans game at?
0: Uh, home. Philly.
1: Well, I mean, they, Washington did beat them in Philly. I,
0: I Tennessee could be a possibility. Wait, Washington beat them in Philly? Oh, the Eagles in Philly? I see what you're saying, yes. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm saying like, you know, oh. You know, you know what? At home.
0: Maybe you're right. That, that Derrick Henry matchup with uh, Jordan Davis out
1: could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I could see I could see that as a potential uh, stumbling block.
0: Okay. Do you, do you think the Cowboys and uh, them that matchup? You feel any way about it? It would be week 16.
1: I think people are dismissing Dallas a little bit too. I mean, if if I'm ranking my teams, the NFC that scare me the most, I think I have San Francisco number one right now. I think I fear Dallas as much as I do Philly. I
0: just, yeah,
1: you know, they have a good they have a good defense. They have you know playmakers, and if Dak isn't just not awful, it could all come together. I think,
0: yeah, I think the reason I fear the Eagles more than the Cowboys is I'm just looking at it from a Giants perspective. I think we just match up horribly with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean the idea of blitzing Jalen Hurts sounds terrible. It sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. we can't cover any of those receivers like. I, Dallas, I still feel a little bit like you know they're a little hurt. Their offensive line is not what it used to be. Dak is maybe not as great as we thought, and he's also playing with. What, what did he have like a broken finger? Well, I mean, he's not he's not as great as we thought he was, but he's,
1: all, but he's still good. Yes, but he's still very solid. But
0: it's just one of those like blitzing Dak. I don't really worry so much about him running all over us. Yes, he can move, but he's not Jalen Hurts back there. Where mm-hmm. I'm really worried, we blitz him and he'll just run for. Two hundred yards. Oh, game. of
1: course. Yeah, that'd be yeah a big fear.
0: Um, I don't. I don't picture Wink letting that happen. But either way, I just in general, I fear the Eagles more because I think we just match up hard. Well, what did
1: the, what did Justin Fields have running against us? He didn't go crazy against us, right?
0: Against us? Yeah. I don't think so. I think he only just started going crazy the last like three weeks yeah, before. The, he got the, hurt. the
1: super craziness happened after us, but we did a reasonably good job of containing him. I believe know, so. Uh, yeah. I, I
0: think we had trouble with um the running back whose name is escaping me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know. We'll call him Walter Payton for our purposes. Yeah. Uh
0: sweetness. <laughs> um so this is this is an important stretch of games here, and it's a brutal one too. So they have Washington and then Philly on a Saturday, and then Washington again. Um, I think that's right. Is that right? Philly's on
1: a Saturday. Is that right? No, I'm sorry.
0: Think... Uh, um, is it Minnesota's? There's on a
1: potential. There's a potential that the what the second Washington game might be flexed to Saturday. We don't know that yet. It's like open that weekend, so it's like a super flex weekend. And I think the rumors are that we would be the Four o'clock game on Saturday.
0: Yes, I believe that is what I meant to say. Right. Uh, so then we have the Sunday, Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm sorry. The, the Eagles game is the 11th, so that's Sunday. And then the 17th is what it's looking like for Washington at four-ish o'clock. Yes. Um, do you think that that is unfair? Because the Commanders have us and then a bye and then play on Saturday, whereas the Giants play – and then play again on Sunday and then have a six-day recovery.
1: Well, Life's not fair. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the more of, I think unfair thing about that is that they play us a bye and play us again. So it's like you play a team, you can watch film on what you did against them specifically and get ready to prepare for them right away.
0: I would agree with that.
1: That that to me is the more of the, the competitive advantage they're going to have.
0: I saw some of the sour grapes about the the time off, and to me, it makes no difference the time off. If anything, I think Washington kind of gets shafted on a bye week, right? Every other team coming off a bye has to wait till the next Sunday; they get one more day.
1: Uh, I, I not we, one day.
0: I, I, I mean, I think I, I'm just, I'm everybody saying, does if anything. Own... I don't think it's a. I don't think the timing really is fair or unfair. I do agree with you though that yeah. a team that gets to play a team and potentially correct all their mistakes without having to focus on literally anything else for two weeks exactly and then you yeah. can go right back into fixing all their mistakes and getting healthy at the same time whereas the other team has to play them you're, then game plan a different team that's right. also in the division and it's also and not
1: like you're playing a team in week three and then play them again in third team because there's different injuries and mm-hmm. you know it's pretty much the exact same roster you're going to be facing so that's a that's a huge one yeah and also division teams you know, know each other better than, you know, anyone else also. So you have a base knowledge to begin with.
0: Yeah. I, I would, all in all though, I agree with you. Like life's not fair. It's it's mm-hmm. a little unfair, but I would rather take this than, you know, have the first, the, the earliest buy week in the year. I think that sucks. Yeah, like, of it's course. Like week five or something like that. That blows, man. Well, look, at
1: we, we rolled the dice and we elected not to have our buy right after London. We waited a little, no, little right. while longer.
0: Um so this is it, man. This is important. And the Giants are they're in a weird spot. I'd like to say that they're at the point where they're getting healthy at the right time, and in some respect they sort of are, but they're also like still dropping like flies from the last couple weeks. Like we're still dealing with a Dory Jackson is not likely to be back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um if the Giants don't make the playoffs, I'm not sure if Xavier McKinney plays again this year.
1: I thought I saw something this week where he said he might be back by the end of the
0: year he well, i uh, that's what i'm saying if they if let's just say the giants lose the next four games do you even bother playing him i wouldn't yeah that's what i'm saying so we may not see xavier mckinney ever again oh ever again
1: okay i I, I was taking that to be like he wouldn't be ready to play but you're right yeah i I think the earliest
0: he might be back we might already be knocked out so there's no point in playing exactly safety or whatever right right um with broken fingers or whatever. And also if he comes back, what is, what version of McKinney are we going to have with, with a, I don't know, one stone hand. (laughs) Um, I mean, those are the biggest ones, but on the flip side, they are starting to get a little bit healthier. We saw Evan Neal is likely to be back. Daniel Bellinger looks like he's going to play. I don't know how well he can see. Um, but at least his blocking will be back. I don't think that that will be affected at all.
1: I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, if he's cleared to play, there, he must have a certain level of vision yeah. that's good enough. I, I,
0: yes. Um, the in syncness with Daniel Jones and then running routes might be a little rusty. But with blocking, I don't think he'll be too far off. I think he'll but, be all
1: right. You know something, though? It's even a, a decoy that it's something you have to kind of – right now, no, they're not accounting for the tight ends at all. Sure. With, with him back, even if it's just there for a decoy, it's something you have to think about and game plan a little bit. So even if he – is targeted once or twice, the thought of him running routes means you have to keep an eye out for him. So that automatically makes the passing game a little easier for for Daniel Jones and for this offense.
0: That injury is such a bummer, man. Like yeah. just, just thinking about it, like Daniel Bellinger is a decent blocker. He's a decent receiver. But he was just jiving right, like him and Daniel Jones seemed like they were just getting on the right page with each other. Where like mm-hmm. they were just sort of in sync with each other. His blocking was just what we needed. It's it was never like road grader level or anything where you're going to say like, man, he's the best blocking tight in the NFL. But it was enough for this offense. It was mm-hmm. just enough to spring Barkley and spring Jones and and whatever. And then it's just such a fluky, random ass injury where it just you know just gets. Pretty much punched in the face. You know, you mentioned about blocking and helping out Barkley. Um,
1: how many weeks has he been out now?
0: Oh, that was the uh, Bears game.
1: I'm trying to see if there's any kind of correlation between him being out and Barkley not being as effective as he was early in the season. I but don't, I think,
0: I don't know. but I think
1: he was out before that. I think I think we still had peak Barkley at, at that point.
0: No, I'm sorry. That was not the best. Was that the maybe the Seahawks game that he got hurt around I'm, there? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Man, my memory's gone, dude. <laughs> um, we did 50, brother. He definitely played in London, so it wasn't the best. That's game, correct. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, There probably is some level of correlation, but I think the more likely correlation for Barkley's struggles are the wear and tear, his shoulder hurts, and— No Evan Neal. No Evan Neal. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's just a combination of things. Like, in general, the offensive linemen that are still standing are a little banged up. Which, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen so many guys so suddenly get neck injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that that's a, a neck injury is something i type up every for every game that we've done we've been doing this podcast for six years something like that oh,
1: holy jesus wow four years yeah four or five about yeah
0: 2017 i think right
1: about around there so we four. sucked whenever it was
0: yeah so four or five yeah. years i type up every injury report for every game i can't neck is not one that comes up a lot mm. really isn't um and I've, I, in the last three weeks, I think I've written it more times than I can count. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we're starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, like I said, Bellinger and uh, Evan Neal are probably the biggest ones. I mean, the other bummer is it, left tackle or left guard is going to be weird, right? Uh, it looks like Nick Gates might be our left guard because Josh Azudu did not practice. Right. Um, ben Bredesen, by all accounts from our beat writers, is not looking ready yet. Shane Lemieux is not practicing with a toe injury. And I guess we're just lucky that Feliciano has been practicing. Because if Nick Gates is we're lucky that Nick Gates play, is back, well, to be very honest. Absolutely true. Yeah. And, um, and
1: he's been able to handle multiple positions since he's been back. So that's really been a saving grace.
0: I mean, that's always been kind of his. Forte, right? I mean he's he's played like something like four spots along the offensive line. I think the only thing he hasn't right. played is left. Tackle.
1: But I mean like for him of all the guys that have been out to him to come back and be able to be like that Swiss Army knife has been very, very helpful and very you know, fortuitous.
0: Yeah. I, I mean that's when was the last time we had somebody that valuable? On the offensive line? It, it, yeah, as like a utility lineman, I don't think ever. Uh and also not for nothing, tight end, kinda. He at yeah, least he had did. to know where to line I up mean, and who first, to hit. His first play on the, on the this year
1: was uh, a tackle eligible, right? He was being uh, it was like
0: the first two games that was all he did. Right,
1: right. What do you think about? And I said I mentioned this last week too. And I know this is not a gambling podcast at all, but uh, we're underdog in this game. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's a little weird. I think I think that might just be some momentum riding, because uh, normally I would say. All right, we'll we'll get into the matchup now. But I would say Mm -hmm. that these two teams are fairly evenly matched. Uh, They're a little different, but I think that with the one-two punch in the the backfield for Washington, and they have a handful of talented, smaller, shifty-wide receivers. So they're not super balanced, but they do have like four pretty— I mean, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, um, Terry McLaurin— and who the fuck is the other one? I, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. They have like, and then they have, a, they have a pretty decent tight end. Like, if, if they had a quarterback, this would be a fairly scary team. And if yeah. they had an offensive line with that, they would be a very good offense.
1: Yeah, if my, my sister had nuts. She'd be my brother, too. I, I, but it's understood.
0: Yeah. Um, but So the Giants are better in a different spot, right? Like, they have the better quarterback, in my opinion. But their wide receivers are absolute dog shit. Right. They only have Barkley in the backfield, really, honestly. Um, and tight ends are nil, but I think right now I know the offensive line isn't great, but they've been playing fine within the system that they're playing. Right, but I mean, I to me, it's just
1: the Giants have been getting respect for quite a while now, and you yeah. Know, but I mean, they they let's, let's talk ass. about Washington for a second. I mean, momentum they're riding, but let's remember who they beat. Now
0: I'm going to work backwards.
1: Last week they held on and beat
0: Atlanta. Yo, barely. That, they, by the way, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, barely. Atlanta was gonna win. Did you watch that game? Uh, no. Atlanta was going to win that game. They were inside the ten right. yard line, and that's what I, mean. I don't know. They they literally pulled the Pete Carroll play out, and the pass right. got tipped and picked off in the end zone. They they drove right down. There. They were gonna they were gonna win.
1: Okay, so, so that's that's Atlanta. Week before that, they beat Houston. Awful. The the Eagle win, I'll give them. You know, solid win. You know, obviously, you know, because Eagles are nine and one, whatever. They lost to Minnesota. Then they barely beat Indianapolis. Then they barely beat Green Bay. Then they barely beat Chicago. And they lost to Tennessee. So I get it. I mean, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite and say, well, the Giants are just, you know, barely beating these teams. But yeah. for for them all of a sudden to say, well, you know, this team's on a roll. Watch out for Washington. You know they have wins, but are we? Are they really someone to be petrified of because of the team itself, as opposed to it's a critical situation? We have to win this game. I think it's a little overblown with Washington, the fear factor, and certainly enough to say you're a favorite to come into the Meadowlands and beat the Giants. I think it's a little.
0: So that's my thing. I I think the Giants shouldn't be the Giants by my account should be. Uh they should be the 2.5 favorites. Yeah. Mainly because still, they have home field advantage. Now, right, which, which is usually is, a field, which field three goal three
1: points advantage. anyway. So you're right. still saying, even with it, it, two and a uh, two and a half point spread, you're still it's kind insane. of saying that Washington's a slight favorite, you know, taking up home field. So I don't know. I, it's just, it's interesting what the perception of both of these teams is right now nationally.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So what are your thoughts on Washington just collectively?
1: I think they're overachieving. I, I, I remember when we each week this year we're like doing our uh, our division matchups, and I'm like, "Well, Washington sucks. Washington sucks. They, Washington sucks." Quite
0: frankly, they did while Wentz was back there.
1: That's true. Now I just think they're kind of they're they're winning games without being really good. <laughs> I guess. I mean, again, I just rattle off who they barely beat and teams they probably should have lost to, and I wasn't talking about Philly. And, you know, Minnesota and, and the best teams in the league. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess it's one of those trap games if you're a gambler. And again, I'm not really a gambler where it's like, oh, that uh, that line seems a little weird. I'm going to throw my money on the Giants and then get burnt. But I just, I don't see them as a team that's, you know, that much better than us, if they are even better than us at all.
0: I would agree with you. I think I think the momentum is... Cool if you're a, a commanders fan, uh, but ultimately, when you really take a step back, it's like, well, the Falcons are not that good, and they're playing without Kyle Pitts, and they mm-hmm. were very fortunate to have come up big in that final play there because they and all and also Atlanta missed a field goal during this mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. so um. Yeah, I think some of it may also be that it looks like Chase Young is going to be back. Um, I don't care about Chase Young, especially in this game. I would be, I would be really disappointed if Chase Young has an impactful game where he's finally coming back and knocking the rust off. And Andrew Thomas has, in the years before this year, absolutely neutralized him.
1: I mean, even if he plays, I mean, how much is he going to play?
0: Well, it's but, but even if he, dude. Andrew Thomas before this year, what would yeah out of ten, just give me a number. What you would have thought of him? Just give me a ranking right off the top of your head before this year. Of all left tackles, give him a grade. Uh,
1: B, B plus.
0: Okay, that's not out of ten, but that's fine. Oh, sorry, he's in a grade.
1: <laughs> I don't know, uh, seven and a half to almost an eight, maybe.
0: Okay, and what would you say after this year? where I think he finally just gave up his first sacks was against and nine team.
1: and a half to nine point seven five.
0: Okay. And if he demolished chase young in their matchups prior to this year, is there any reason to be worried about chase young in this game coming off of injury? No, Andrew Thomas is healthy. I, I am not worried about chase young in this game. And also you can run right at him too. If you have to. Sure. Yeah. Um, so i I know that Chase Young is coming back, but I would be really disappointed if he ended up being a major factor in this game stat heavy and all that.
1: I'd be very worried about our playoff chances if that happens because one if he's doing that kind of damage and also sure. we have to play them again in two weeks and you know he just gets better and better and playing more and more snaps. I think that scares me more for the game in Washington also,
0: but yeah, see, I don't think that's going to happen. I also think that i under- if he even plays if he even plays um and while I, I'm saying that the Giants are in this weird spot where they're kind of getting healthy and kind of also hurt really critically, um, Washington's not really getting healthy. Uh, Antonio Gibson has a foot injury. He has not practiced. Benjamin St. Juice still hasn't practiced. That's a critical corner spot for them. Trey Turner is on the injury report. That's their starting guard. Tyler Larson, it's their backup center, shoulder injury. Even Good Thomas, who's their tight end, who's actually pretty damn good, He's got a rib injury. I mean, they're they're hurt where they're thin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know. You look at the Giants, and I'm not going to pretend that they don't have a lengthy injury report, but there's guys that have been like, Belt, Dane Belton's been on the injury report since training camp with a collarbone injury. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not even really taking that into account. Daniel Bellinger doesn't need to be Daniel Bellinger to, to you know what I mean? I, I don't know. But but more importantly, I would say Fabian Moreau has been practicing. That's massive. I mean, if Fabian Moreau played last week, who knows how close that game would have been. Right. And Azizo Ojolari might be coming back. Now, I know what I said about Chase Young, but their tackles just simply aren't as good. Sam Cosme, I, I still don't agree with drafting that guy to play tackle. I did not like Sam Cosme coming out of college. So, And then they have Charles Lennell as their other tackle. That's not good. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't feel like this game should be favored for Washington. I I um I really it, don't. It, it sounds like a narrative thing more than the actual. If you really break it down, type of thing. So with with let's just assume that Bellinger and Evan Neal are going to be back because that seems to be the assumption going around by people smarter than us or people with more inside knowledge than us. Right. How much do you think that affects Barkley, and how much do you think that affects how much they run with Daniel Jones? Because Marcus Mariota did run all over them last week.
1: I think. <laughs> I think they're going to keep trying to run the ball. I, I, you know, they haven't have had success the last couple of weeks. I think it's a combination of uh, Barkley being banged up, the offensive line being in flux, more tape on this, on this rushing offense, and people are starting to figure them out a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, they have to run to be successful. I think they're going to keep banging away at it until, you know, maybe they use Gary Brightwell a little bit also, a little more to kind of offset Barkley, if, if Barkley's not 100%. Um, but you know, the fact is they still don't have that many receivers that are really available and healthy. Like that, that passing game could be sh- efficient to try to move chains, but it's still not scaring anybody deep. So, um, the weather should be okay. Right. It's not supposed to supposed to be really cold or or rain or anything. So that shouldn't impact really much of anything. Um, but no, I mean having Evan Neal back just is a, I think that's something that's been a little underrated and people really aren't talking about as much as they should because, you know, he's had some struggles pass blocking, but the running uh, run blocking has never been a problem with him. It's always been solid, and getting him back is a it's a huge advantage.
0: I would also say that his pass blocking was markedly improved from the beginning of the year to when he got hurt.
1: Right, 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 right. But I think right now if you would said, you know, what is his best attribute, you'd say by far, you know, Oh yeah, pass no, blocking, and when you're, and again, he's a potential cornerstone for the next decade. Could be a, a right tackle for us, so that's a that's a big talent. And When he's gone, that drop off is
0: pretty significant. Sure, Tyree Phillips, we exactly signed this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much off the scrap heap, and Matt Parrott, who I had written <laughs> off, um, but actually didn't play so bad when he did have to play. In my, opinion. I, I,
1: I honestly had forgotten about him, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, it's Matt Parrott, Jesus. That guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, um, so this is something we didn't talk about at all. And it's been a, I don't even know if anyone's really been talking about. It. But but Dan Duggan had pointed out a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month and a half ago, that Daniel Jones suddenly had this weird knee brace on under his pads. Um, and you could only really see it in like uh, a couple of things where he had like slid in his pants had kind of and his socks had kind of ruffled enough where you could see it Mm -hmm. that knee brace is apparently off this week do you think that maybe that was why there were a lot less daniel jones runs
1: very very possible
0: um and okay so then do you think that that then opens the floodgates for him to just go nuts or maybe a little at a time what do you think
1: um i don't know about the floodgates but i think i think let's take a look and see um you know I think, I think if the opportunity is to run, if he has to, he will. I don't think there'll be any design rollouts for him for running for anything. But I think if there's like something and he's looking around and there's nobody available and he sees a lane, he'll be more apt to run than he was has been the last couple of
0: weeks. Yeah, but you don't think they're gonna call more zone read runs with him and Barkley? Um, I mean, it did it did work really well. It was part of their big success. I know everyone's like, oh, it all runs through Barkley. It runs through Barkley. It's like, eh, it's kind of the zone read. It's kind of both of them. I mean, just because the brace is off, he may not still be 100%. Sure. I, they I don't might, even know what the knee brace was for. It,
1: it could be for anything, yeah. I think the, maybe see a couple it's to test the waters and see, because maybe he has one or two and he tweaks something and, he, and then they shut it down. Yeah. Or, you know, it might be just kind of feeling out – how it is this week.
0: Interesting. All right, let's flip to the other side of the ball then. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you worried about with Washington? Or are you worried? Are you at all worried about this game? I, I mean, like, forget forget the implication of this game, the actual matchup. Are you worried? Yeah, sure. Okay.
1: I am. Um, <laughs> anytime you can't, anytime you don't have an offense where you can score a quick strike and you have to grind out getting points, that means you're probably be in lower-scoring games that are close scores and you could potentially lose. So, yeah, um, I- I'm going to be worried about every game the rest of the year just because, you know, that's the nature of this team, and we are so razor-thin. You know, this is a game, you know, if we have one or two key injuries in this game, could change everything as well. So I don't fear Washington like I do the other two teams in our division or probably – Anybody else in the upcoming, you know, schedule besides Indy? But uh, I'm just overall worried. I think it's more worrying about us than them, too.
0: So you're not worried about uh, Heineke?
1: No, I think he's one of these guys. It's just he gets the opportunity to play, to play, and he does better than we expect him to. I don't think he's a long-term starter in this league, much less a you know above-average quarterback. Um, and I think. The more he plays, there's more tape on him. So um, I'll, I'll take my chances with a, with a backup quarterback any day.
0: I think the thing with Heineke is that he is a barely functional passer for, mm-hmm. at the NFL level. Uh, right. Obviously, right. Um, but he's good at managing an offense – and where he really excels is just avoiding sacks. Like, he's just really good in the pocket. So mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff is just when shit breaks down, he is free. And then it just becomes this, like, sandlot game where it's not really so much about him delivering the ball. It's about the receivers just getting open. And he just—they're mm-hmm. just so— He just it.
1: gets he gets them enough time to—and then with our secondary, that could become a problem.
0: Sure, which is why I would really like to see Aziz Ojalary back. He doesn't have to get sacked; He just has to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. We've already seen with what Wink Martindale does, the front four doesn't have to generate anything stats wise
1: right, and I think that's something where some other you know writers and podcasters were complaining about. It's like where are the sack numbers? It's like, well, look at the hits and the hurries. that's you know disrupting is more important than actually you know getting that sack so
0: yeah, long and we it's... we talked about this uh, either a week ago or dude I don't even remember cuz that that Thanksgiving week was brutal for <laughs> podcast episodes but we were saying right like the the turnovers the all that stuff comes from pressures the QB mm-hmm. hits turnovers incomplete passes just yeah the, lack of the, timing it, you don't receiver. have to get a sack every time you generate pressure generating <laughs> exactly. pressure is important
1: and smart pressure too you know it depends on the quarterback and if you if you're just you know Getting pressure and and your the quarterback's bouncing outside and all of a sudden you know it's it's not containment and he's off that may not be the best thing so it has to be intelligent pass rush to to have an objective of something you want to do not just I'm going after him and then you know whatever happens happens
0: I feel pretty good about Wink Martindale confusing Taylor Heineke Mm -hmm. you do too
1: I do too yes I think. He's gonna have that competitive advantage over young quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks who don't, you know, back up quarterbacks. Um because it's, it's it's intricate, a lot of different it's very confusing. Guys are coming in, coming out, um, you know, disguising blitzes, disguising pass rushes, disguising coverages. That's a lot to put on a a quarterback's plate who's not seen a lot of it before.
0: Yeah. Um I am I guess I think I want to say I'm a little less worried about their running attack um, than I think other people are making out to be. I know I've done this before where I just downplay the Giants not being able to play the run very well, and I'm not trying to do that. I just think the bigger mismatch is they have like four wide receivers that are all pretty solid as slot guys, and our slot corner situation has never really been good coverage-wise. Like Mm -hmm. I think if you watch like all 22 film – Pressure and confusion has helped us so much in coverage. There are some open receivers that are just not being seen. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is happening with guys. I mean, there are some corners on this team that probably shouldn't be playing. Uh, (laughs) Probably? It's not very surprising, but I'm worried about the slot position specifically. Like, It's looking like Fabian Moreau might come back and play. Rodarius Williams played fairly well. Um, But even our starting – with Darnay Holmes is just not super great. And they have some really shifty guy. I mean if they they can move Terry McLaurin into the slot, that's a win every time.
1: I'm not as worried about that for the reasons you just said before. The fact that I think we're going to be able to generate a pass rush and cause some confusion for Heineke where, you know, if he has all day to throw, he could pick us apart. But I don't think he's that quarterback to do that. And I don't think – you know. but as the running game, you know, you just have to basically get blocking up front and, you know, run. So I'm still more worried about our relative inability to stop the run. So that that's still going to be my concern with this game.
0: I, I, I guess my, my concern isn't necessarily even – I'm worried that we're going to have, like, three sacks erased to defensive holding. You know what I mean? and I and I think that's going to come from just an inability to cover these shifty guys. Mm-hmm. Um and and that I'm 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 picturing it in my mind like the f- the fury pumping through my veins as I watch another third yep. go into a first down.
1: That doesn't scare me as much because defensive holding usually means like after you know 4 1000 5 1000 if we can get a good pass rushing quickly they may not have time to hold that's, especially back there. That's a
0: fair point. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> So even the fact that Antonio Gibson might not play or if he does play, it'll be in a limited fashion probably, that mm-hmm. that doesn't take anything away from you or is it just the fact that they're running the ball well and we're not doing well defending it?
1: They're running the ball well. And, you know, what I'm also – this is a game I feel we need to get an early lead and have the lead because oh, yeah. if we're behind and they start leaning on that running game and we can't stop them on, you know, third and four, third and three, and they're running the ball – you know, that clock is going to go very, very fast. And we're not a team that has, you know, multiple, multiple drives. We are, you know, you see the number of plays we have. You see the amount of drives we have because we can't score quickly. We we have to grind out yardage, And if we don't have the ball in our hands because they're getting six minutes, seven-minute seven minute drives because they're grounding, you know, you know grounding, uh, uh, ground yardage, that's a problem. So... I would like to be in a situation where we're up and they have to try to maybe have to abandon the run a little bit and throw some more. That's in our advantage, I think.
0: Um, is it prediction time?
1: It's prediction time.
0: Um, I will go first. Go for it. I think that, and I, I don't really agree with it, but I think that the... Coaching staff saw this section of the schedule, and they saw this as the gauntlet. I know that we had the three games in 11 days or whatever it was right before this, but right. that kind of is what it is. This is a gauntlet of division games that really, you know. Makes or breaks the season. Sure. I mean, it, it's so much playoff implications happened in, in like the last six weeks of this schedule. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they had a game plan on what they were – what punches they were kind of pulling a little bit, which things they didn't want to overuse, uh, other things like that. And I think also the injuries prevented them from doing what they wanted to do in the Cowboys game. I think they come out here and they think they beat the shit out of Washington. Um, I don't think they'll be able to repeat that level of success in two weeks, Like we, for all the reasons we said, with Washington getting a bye week and having to worry about literally nothing other than Giants football for two weeks. Um, But I think they come out and they bury them, and they bury them early. I I really do think defensively, I think Wink Martindale just beats the shit out of Taylor Heineke. I I think that's where it comes in. And then over time, as the time of possession goes, Barkley starts running. DJ, I think, is going to run for a lot. I think we're going to see another one of those games. Not potentially, like you said, where he had like what 150 fucking yards or something insane like that, the one game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it'll be like that, but I think it'll be... The first time that people outside of the podcast world are like, oh, DJ can run. You know what I mean? It's been a while. It's I, been enough like, to
1: move chains and enough to keep the offense going. I I,
0: I mean, for context, in the last couple of weeks, he has run for like 50 yards in a game. That's not bad for a quarterback. And yet, no mm-hmm. one is talking about Daniel Jones' legs ability in the national sphere because Justin Fields was running for 250 or whatever. right? I because think
1: we can't we, – we all can't think about more than one thing at once. It's it's It's, it's kind of true, impossible. though. Yeah.
0: Um, but I think this is a game that maybe he has like 85 yards, but they come in such big-ass chunks that people start talking mm-hmm. about again. And I think this is only the start for him. I think he starts turning up the heat the last couple weeks. I don't know so much about Philadelphia, but in the coming weeks – I think they beat the Chargers but it's not super high scoring. I think it's just dominant feel wise and I think this one ends 24-13 Giants.
1: Oh, almost what I was thinking. I was going to say Giants win this one 24-17. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a very fast game. I think it's going to be a lot of running on both sides. I think both teams will have moderate success running the ball. Um I just don't think we are good enough to dominate anybody right now. I really, I think because of the depth and, you know, and the injuries and the different things and just the way we're constructed and what we've done this year. Um, I think Washington is, I think we're all a little ahead of our skis with Washington. You know, again, the fact that they're favoring this game is, is mind boggling to me, the respect they're getting. Um, And I think what we mentioned and what you brought up is the key to the game. It's, Tyler Heinicke against a very intricate, aggressive defense, and I think, I think we're going to see three turnovers from from Heinicke. I think we're going to see. I'm going to I'm going to call my shot here. I've been doing pretty good in the prediction game this year and my to crankiness, but I, I'm going to predict three turnovers, two picks, and a fumble. Fumble caused by 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 pressure. I think yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have a, another big game. I know he didn't have much in the sheet, but he was kind of all over the place last week. He was um, like the
0: only guy that was all over the place. last. Yeah.
1: Week. I, I think that's going to continue again. I think he's getting more and more adjusted to the NFL world. And, um, you know, I'm not worried about the stat numbers. Um, you know, it's not in my contract. If I get a, uh, an incentive, how many sacks he has. And, but I, I, I think he's going to, play a very important part in this game. And maybe my prediction, I'll even extend it to say he causes the, the sack fumble. Like he kind of did at the end of the um, Ravens, the Ravens game. So um, I think those turnovers are the difference in an otherwise pretty competitive game. Um, they have three turnovers. We don't have any, I think we win 24 17.
0: Hell yeah. Going around the league. We already said Dallas plays the Colts uh at home. I I'm I'm sorry, Jeff, Saturday. Um I, I don't <laughs> I don't see this one for you I'm not as high on Dallas as I think a lot of people might be, but I am certainly not high on in Indianapolis. What do you think?
1: I think Dallas is on a roll right now. I think they're gonna roll.
0: Uh, and Philadelphia is hosting Derrick Henry's Tennessee Titans. Now, I didn't really look into the injuries or anything for this, but I didn't really consider that. That, that was very stupid of me. But Derrick Henry running up against <laughs> a Jordan davis list Eagles that have really given up ground game problems. I still think Philly, though. Tennessee. Yeah. Give it to me. All right. Um, you, you, Is there any particular reason you think they are just going to run all over him?
1: I think they're going to run all over them, and I think that we might have hit the apex of Philly's greatness for this season. I could be completely wrong in February when they're hosting the Vince Lombardi trophy, but I just have a sense they haven't been as dominant as they were in the beginning part of this year. And I think this is the type of team that um, you know could cause problems, you know, especially with Derrick Henry. So I, I'm going to call my shot and say they win.
0: It's a solid coach in pressure situations, too. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or at least so far what we've seen. It's not like he's been a coach for forever. But, um, yeah, that's, I think that one will be close. I don't know. Um, yeah. What time is that game? Are we going to be able to watch that one by any chance? I'm gonna look at our uh, knowing our luck, probably not. Uh, well, you said, you said No Kanki, that our game was going to go fast.
1: Well, it's not going to be over in an hour and 20 <laughs> minutes. But <laughs> that would be something. Uh, that is a one o'clock game in mm, Philly.
0: Bummer. So we'll get the, we'll get the update at halftime and that's just about it. All right. That's going to do it for us. So we will be at the game one o'clock MetLife stadium Sunday. We'll be at the tailgate nice and early in L 16 for a big extravaganza. I believe there's going to be uh, Bobby catered- will be up.
1: Bobby and Justin will be there. Uh, Snacks will be there. All the uh, all the crew will be there.
0: Yeah, it's it's not just the regulars. It's the extended family for this one. Yes. So yes. this is this is the one to not miss. If you guys got tickets, go to that tailgate. Um, and I believe Snacks is employing everyone to bring extra alcohol too. So it'll be a, an absolute shit show.
1: Yes, I'll bring my Captain Morgans.
0: Yes. Um, And I think I'm going to make him drink some more tequila. That was fun the one time I made him do it. (laughs) All right. So we will see you all then at 1 o'clock for the game where we will watch the Giants destroy the Commanders. Um, And then we will have our next episode on Tuesday morning as usual. In the interim, please follow us on Twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan. The show is available on YouTube mainly. Um, but also on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., all the places where audio podcasts are available. This one is as well, so please give us a follow, and we will see you next time. Go Giants! Go Giants!